This is the way. This is the way. And welcome to another episode of The Mandatorian Creed. But this is our first episode covering an actual episode of The Book of Boba Fett. So today we are covering episode one, Stranger in a Strange Land. And I am joined by my dearest friend, Alden Diaz. Hello. Well, hello. Fancy meeting you here on the network that we're both on. Imagine that. (laughs) Imagine that we would both Wow. Who could have who could have guessed? Know. It's fantastic. Chapter one, a new day, uh, a new show, mm. squeezing itself right into the tail end of 2021. Um, which I have a, a single-handedly saving the year for me. What'd you say? I said I have a crackpot theory about what's your crackpot theory. This. Please go ahead. So we'll we'll get this right out of the way up front. Not to like derail the positivity up front, but <laughs> there was there was a bit of confusion i think with robert rodriguez and the fandom maybe he got a little overzealous in some of the interviews by telegraphing scenes and sequences that were going to be supposedly in the first one right. that were not so i want right. to get that out right. of the way that is not, it's not all a criticism of the episode it just took me aback a little bit like while watching yeah because you're like where's the dinner scene i don't know course. that was me that was probably just me but no, i was like where's the dinner? I was, where's the dinner where's my future wife Goth yeah biker. that's true we were really looking for um mystery biker chick yes biker girl and then also the you know the slave one action uh, was all in there or fire spray or his lego starship whatever the hell you want to call it um they were all in those scenes so with that it got me thinking a lot about, you know, a director's role. And we know that like on Mandalorian, Bryce would be shooting something and then Dave Filoni would be doing second unit shooting. But for a Deborah episode, like it's very collaborative and moves around and Game of Thrones was like that too. And so I have no doubt that in Robert's mind, he probably did think that this was all episode one stuff because he's not editing, you know? But it got moved around. Yeah, but then... Then I got into crackpot conspiracy mode, which I try not to do. I hate it when people use like behind the scenes information as as a way to hate. Like, well, the director, they they just clearly didn't care. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But I do think that it is strange that all of the Disney Plus shows have either adhered to six or eight episodes a season, except WandaVision, because that was more of a sitcom. And then like all of them have been that even number. And then this comes in with seven. And it makes me think cynically just from a disney point of view not a lucasfilm point of view it makes me think that maybe they said hey split that first one and let's start it in 2021 technically with like a couple days to spare that way it can be an awards contention for that year and not the year where we have four things coming you know what i mean oh what an interesting thought that would be smart it just made me think yeah strategically it's like why split our chances between boba fett obi-wan and or acolyte and ahsoka if they make it by the end of the year when we can move Boba into the year where we didn't have a live action. So I think that episode one maybe was going to be a a big romp at some point. And again, I have no evidence. Sometimes I hear things, but I have no evidence to support that. There was no evidence to support this It's just a thought that I had. But anyway. (laughs) Uh, They're just being smart. Good stuff. Yeah. Squeezing in, like you said, improving the year. And I'm so excited to be here. Very much. Saving the end of the year. We did last year here on the feed, our Mandalorian season two coverage. 
That was before there was a mandatory in Creed. Um, and it's true. Wow. Know, it's crazy. It's crazy to think. You're, you're in this, in, uh, what month? I think in May, you'll have been doing your show for a year. But correct. Um, so it was just natural, I thought, you know, to move the, the recaps and the reviews, discussions, whatever the hell you want to call them. I call them discussions. I don't even, I, I don't even call them really reviews because I don't, I don't, I will not give a number or a grade or anything like that on any of these. No, it's too hard. Can't be doing that. We're not doing that. It's ridiculous. And it's not math. It's art. So I thought to have Tori come in, you know, with this being her favorite character, the show she's been waiting for, before it was a show. Who knew? Like before we knew we were going to get a Disney streaming service, you know, since 2012, Boba Fett fans far and wide have been waiting for this. And so now I'm going to pass, pass it over to you. I'm going to pass the the throne to you. And I'm going to pass it with a question. Thank you. Oh, okay. And your answer to this question will begin the, and now the formal Boba Fett discussion (laughs) season will begin. Tell me about your experience, (laughs) the sitting down. Tell us a little bit about the prep, costuming, and, and what it was like sort of hitting play. I don't know. I still feel like really overwhelmed and I think I'm like exhausted. I feel like I've been like holding this excitement inside of my body for like weeks now. So like mm. I think now that I've like watched it, I'm like my body's like, okay, rest now. <laughs> mm. Stop being excited constantly. But um, I remember waking up in the middle of the night last night and my heart was like racing. <laughs> I don't know. And I was like, is this normal? I'm scared. And then you looked at um, your clock and it was 10 p.m. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Gosh. yeah, exactly. No. So like, um, you may have seen yes i made like a little armor piece to wear and like his little belt buckle and stuff that was kind of an idea i had over the weekend and so i 3d printed it and painted it and stuff and that was super super fun because i've never um done anything like that before um in terms of like armor wise i always wanted to and i just have never done it um so that was really fun uh to do and to kind of you know me i love to a little bit excuse to dress up so it was really fun kind of getting dolled up and wearing that around my house exciting um (laughs) but then after that um i i love a good charcuterie you know and my really good friend my best friend really brandy um sent me some really nice like bits and pieces for um like a charcuterie board in the mail um some stuff because she lives in seattle that's like local to there so that was really cool um and so i just needed to pick up a couple extra things to like kind of complete the set so i did that we made like a big old charcuterie to eat shout out to holly holly fry uh that reminded me that i have a boba fett cookie cutter so i cut the cheese. I cut the cheese um, with the Boba uh, Fett cookie cutter. What else am I supposed to say? Um, <laughs> and I do, do his little visor on with this hot sauce that Brandy gave me. And it was just great. It was fun and festive. And then I actually did try to um, take, like, go to sleep for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. It should be wake noted up, that we are East Coasters. Wake up and watch. Yeah. Wake up and watch are- the show. And then I went back to sleep for a couple more hours. Um, but I watched it twice before I went back to sleep. Um, so yeah, so that was kind of my experience. Um, I was just, I just, I don't know. I still feel like I'm processing. Like, I feel like normally, like when I watch like the Mandalorian, I have all sorts of dumb stuff to say on the internet, um, trying to be funny. And I just like, I don't know. I feel like I'm still processing. Like, it's just like, you were, this, this is a real thing. This is a real thing. 
You were surprisingly restrained, and I think it is what? akin to shock. Like, it is. It really is. <laughs> like, I'm still, like, and that's the thing is, like, people have been asking me all day, like, oh, how did you like it? And I was like, oh, it was really good. And, like, I don't, like, I feel like now I've been thinking about it since I got home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think talking with you, it's all going to really, like, come out. But, like, I don't know. Yeah, I think I've just, like, you're right. It's, it's like, a form of shock at this point. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, <laughs> me and well, we talked about it a little bit today, gone back and forth on a couple things, and we'll talk about those things here um but other people you know for for positive and negative reasons or friends of the show or, or nikki kumar or my my rewatch between worlds host here on the feed we've had a lot to say about it um but then you know i went to your twitter feed <laughs> and it was just that picture of boba with some hearts and a couple a couple small make a meme i didn't make a meme you did make a meme didn't and, make a meme and it was like i but i but i knew it was a good shocked you know, it was yes, the, yeah. it was like when someone gets proposed to, but maybe even better, um, you know, speechless. And I guess the follow-up question to that would be, as our, as our mandatorian, quite literally, and our, and our Boba, our Boba loving expert here, how did this compare overall positioning him as the A character versus uh, the Marshall and then the tragedy in last season of the mandalorian did it feel like it was like that was the appetizer as you called the as you called your snacks like you called feel, them that actually i, I did That's you true. did and they were very good and by the way i Justin don't do really like i just brand things Justin really liked there was another thing that all that came up with because i messaged him and i said i cannot <laughs> think by the way did you see i can't remember uh i have to go back and find the person's name hmm. did i sent you something that someone said that i was like this is a this you is you did I, I forgot to respond to it it was uh it was the, the middle <laughs> orders i was like no why did we think of that <laughs> so no good. but yours are really good but see yours i wanted to save because now i feel like i have to actually physically like do that at some point but i said to alden i said i have charcuterie and it's gonna be boba fett themed like how do i do this like i can't think of i normally i'm really good at puns like i couldn't think yeah. of anything so appetizers came out which is what i ultimately went with and it was genius. But you also said, <laughs> would you like to say it? Well, I saw, so I get this message and I'm sitting there waiting for my coffee to brew. So I'm just standing and I'm like, charcuterie, charcuterie, charcuterie. Like trying to see the sounds hit me. And then I was like, charcuterie. <laughs> like, I was like, dad, charcuterie is here. That's- what Justin did too and I was like but here's the thing is like I feel like if we went with that like I would have had to make something in the shape of her head and I did not have anything to do that with totally fair Um, but I will say when this episode started this episode started with glory shots of the Camino Ocean I was like um so yeah, I, I love all that. Uh and that's the joy you can expect from these discussions. But but yeah, so how did you feel? With him taking the reins. That's what we were talking about. Yeah, sorry, we got derailed by with me. Because it wasn't oh. like the, oh, he's back. It was a, it's a different sensation now. It was so good. It was like, you know, feels good, feels organic. Like it just, and I love the way that it started off um, without getting too much into that because clearly we're going to, you know, cover that. But like, it's just jumping right in and it's just knowing like, like I feel like the tragedy which I've talked about multiple times at this point, I think, on the show, but um, was such an incredible introduction and told you so much without having to really say a lot. A lot. Mm -hmm. So I think that 
it just, yeah, I don't know. It just felt really natural. Just diving right in and knowing that there's like more to this than meets the eye. Mm-hmm. And just, I just have to say, and of course, like Ming-Na Wen is also incredible, but like Tamara Morrison really makes this. Like both of their acting and their chemistry They're and all of that, like it's incredible. And it, it it's should perfection. not go unnoted that not only is it two leads of color in a Star Wars television series, um, Absolutely. but it is also a 58-year-old woman and a 61-year-old man in Hollywood. And they're like, incredible. I, usually it's, people it's, get it's phased amazing. out and they're here. Hell no. We rock. We're cool. We look great. Like we're running this. And it's not like it's like, oh, there's some young characters too to be funny. Like, no, it is about them. And the fact that they are in charge is the core of the show. It just, it's just cool to see that because especially for, for women in Hollywood, you know, the, the, the brutality of the business, you know, a lot of times it's like, oh, she's 35, she's old. Um, and to see that Ming-Na is like, like I remember, you know, obviously we've known her for years as the voice of Milan. And when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. started, I always loved Agent May. And I was like, oh, she's so cool. And then now to think that her guest starring role turned into a voice role, turned into a starring role. Um, it's just so cool. So yeah, I was uh, very, very jazzed. But you know, we were talking a little bit off air about sort of how we're going to run these discussions. And of course, they'll be loose. And also at some point, there will probably be a third person here. Um, it'll vary. Eh, we're going to invite yeah. people on every yeah. now and again. We'll, we'll, I don't know. I'd, figuring it out. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe this sounds unprofessional. I just kind of wanted to vibe, you know, like whatever happens, happens. And like, it's the two of us and like maybe someone else joins and like, that's cool too, you know? No, oh, exactly. It's not going to be like, it's not going to be like our guests every week or certain things every week. If, if a guest happens again, organically vibes, uh, then cool. If Tamara Morrison wants to come on, great. Tamara Morrison, we're always available. <laughs> I'll just I'll just cancel all programming and just be like, just talk for an forever. Hour this microphone. Um, so we wanted to start with like overall impressions. Yes. Well, I mean, my overall impression, great, awesome. Um, I again kind of wanted to walk into this without too much, too many expectations, too many like. Um, you know, definitely steer clear, steering clear of like as many rumors and such as I can. So um, I think there were some things that I kind of were like, mm, as we talked about before, uh, kind of hearing from Robert Rodriguez and it being like, oh, cool. Like, we'll probably see that in the first episode. We didn't. So like, yeah, like you said, kind of throws you a little bit because you're like, oh, I was like really looking forward to specifically that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, then but you're really, checking the length of the episode and you're like, uh uh there's only five minutes left for a biker chick to show up what's going on um (laughs) but uh, other than that i mean incredible amazing i think it's such a really awesome start um i not trying to criticize people but i do think that there is a large portion of the population at this point that falls prey to like being upset when there's not like a massive like battle scene or a massive surprise or whatever and i honestly prefer this i'm really glad that it's like i mean i still think that really exciting things happened but it's generally like pretty low-key right now because we're we're learning what happened right um and i love the way they're doing it i i assume at some point probably the flashbacks will end but i i'm looking forward to that in between of him doing his crime lord duties and then learning about what happened to him um since we last uh so, well since we saw him before the mandalorian um so yeah 
I thought it was beautiful, balanced. Um, like I said, Tamara Morrison and McNowen, love them, love them together. Um, I enjoyed, there is a humor there, but it is not like, it's very kind of, I guess, like situational and based on how like rough their personalities are. Mm-hmm. And I really, really like that kind of humor. There's nothing about um, it that's like funny haha. It's just. No, it's not like they're actually cracking jokes, but yes. it's like them being their like awkward. Well, because they're like, they're so <laughs> like, well-traveled, experienced, all these things. They've lived such hard lives that it, it's humor that comes from mutual respect. Like, I feel like if a third character tried to joke with them, they'd be like, not you. Oh, no, like, shut up. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get don't to say anything. Ophanek would just shoot them. Oh, well, we'll, talk, we'll talk about her, her leadership style. <laughs> I can't remember what it's from. I can't remember what movie it's from, but you've seen, ever seen that gif that people use where it's the girl in the window and it, she's pointing at a poster and it just says, want me to kill them? That's from The Waterboy. Okay, there you yeah. go. It's, uh, <laughs> That's his, Fennec. But he's, he's taking the SATs or, or something like that and she's on the outside. <laughs> yeah, it's that's exactly the energy. Um, yeah, yeah, but anyway, continue. I just wanted to jump in about the humor. Oh, you're good, yeah. So, I mean, initial impressions, amazing. 10 out of 10. Like, I, my only complaint, actually, there are two complaints. We'll get to the one when we get to the scene. Um, but my really main complaint is I wish that they had dropped like two episodes, maybe. And that is just me being greedy. Yeah, I think that to, to address that, you know, I sort of talked about it up front. I want to, you know, again, emphasize neither me nor Tori. Like, we're not, it's not a critique to be such a nerd that you're reading Rodriguez's interviews. Like that's the price you pay sometimes for being plugged in. Absolutely. And you, you know? have to know things can change. Things People can, can change. say the wrong thing or maybe or it they, was they said what they captured wrong. The yep. So yep, yep, yep. that's, that's completely, you know, someone watching this clean, no, just watch Mandalorian. Like when my, when my stepdad watches this, he's not going to think about that at all. He just, Mandalorian. <laughs> and then he was what like, is it oh, like? Cool. Yeah, like I just I just told him today. I was like, you know, there's a Boba Fett show. He's like, oh, about what? I said, well, you remember at the end when he like killed Jabba's buddy, and he was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's in charge now. I was like, yeah, it's about that. He goes, I'll wait to binge it. <laughs> so it's like, what a peaceful existence. Oh my god, to just to just wait to binge it. Oh my god. Um. So. But how? Oh, go ahead. No, oh no, go. go. You go. No, 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 please. <laughs> I was just gonna say. So w- with that, it's like. You, you, we have to acknowledge that again like we're ravenous we're hungry we are greedy um and i completely and utterly agree um at the time of this recording i i tweeted something today that a lot resonated with a lot of people um which i was i was glad to know i wasn't alone and, it, and you'll agree with it which is bad batch was like oh there's you know too much fan service not enough character Hawkeye, it's like, oh, the finale was too, you know, crunched, or WandaVision, the ending, like, all these complaints all year, and then they give you a start that's all character, and then people are, like, too slow, like... Yeah, they wasted no time, (laughs) I have to say. They wasted no time, and just... Immediately, it's too slow, it's this, that, they, you know, they, 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 those people always find something to complain about, but you're right that we've trained people, particularly with premieres and finales, to expect something that helps content and story. And this episode just chose story. It didn't do a classic character. It didn't do a, a new a planet that we know. It didn't and have And I'm to. good well, with it. Besides tattooing. Um, I mean, like, I'm sure we'll see characters that we know. And of course, course that's exciting. Of course. But as always, I'm going to say moderation. Yeah. I don't ever want it to take away from the main people, you know? And this is also fundamentally built different i was talking with nikki off air about how mandalorian din 
in humorous ways and just in writing ways, he doesn't know anything. Like, and, 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 and I was just, <laughs> I, I watched the tragedy through to the finale, which is our, I mean, I just, that's such a great, like, couple episodes to watch. Yeah. But uh, in preparation for Book of Boba while we were eating our, you know, our appetizers, um, <laughs> our, our charcuterie, <laughs> anyway, um, and God, sorry, I know I'm interrupting you, but no, I just, just sitting there and just just every time i'm like din Jaren knows nothing <laughs> i think the best one is in the tragedy of does this are you a jedi, jedi to you <laughs> just, or, or when to he's, he's looking, he's like, are you a jedi and it looks like did you not just did you miss all that did you Everything miss I just what did? i just did for five minutes there <laughs> yeah the episode you were watching me on a security camera like you were on disney Plus. literally saw what happened uh yeah, <laughs> yeah it was just uh so with, with two seasons of him as a main character, like you're with him. And so I understand the inclination of like, let's tie him with people that are familiar to ground the, like to ground the situation, guide him through. Boba Fett is one of those. Boba Fett doesn't need um, Chewbacca. I'll use him as an example because we used him in our preview episode. He, do- he doesn't need Chewbacca to show up for us to be like, oh, oh, oh Chewie's going to sort of push him through the narrative like no Boba Fett it was there he was in the original trilogy he was in the prequel trilogy he, he was is in the, the animated narrative shows. baby he doesn't need that and this is the first show and first anything outside of solo a Star Wars story in the modern era to be a marquee for a classic character Kenobi will be obviously next we'll see how that goes so it's it's super interesting and I, and I thought outside of the hullabaloo and Twitter and like oh it was so slow I left the episode saying that was really slow but in a positive way like I, yeah. I felt it. I was like, that was so like for Robert to be like all killer, no filler, and then the first one to be like <laughs> childhood trauma. I was well, like, well, I can't oh. wait to talk about our feelings. Like I know it's coming, you yeah. know. Like I feel like it has to be coming at this point, and that's yeah. like his portrayal in the tragedy really makes you feel like okay, we're gonna get into we're gonna get into soft boy boba, you know. From the first, from the opening, I mean. Attack of the Clones fans right before the 20th anniversary. Oh man, well. tears immediately. I was like, oh my God, we're like five also, seconds in and I'm looking at Camino. What's happening? I cannot wait for the galleries or for some interviews. I'm sure Filoni will probably be the first one to talk about it because John's probably like, what's Geonosis? And Dave's like, it's that one that we put in with the sand. And he's like, oh, okay. It looks like alternate take of Daniel Logan when he's holding it wide. But that shot of looking at his dad's helmet is new. And so, like, just knowing that they make... That's not an Attack of the Clones. Or an, any yeah, that's what I was thinking seen. about, too. Yeah, I don't so remember So it's like, just that. knowing that they made new Kid Boba, even for just a second, tells you, like, right from the get, this is about the man. It's not about power. Absolutely. It's not about crime. Absolutely. It's, it's not about any of that. It's about who's the guy. And then what's mm-hmm. the first thing that he says to Fennec? The dreams are back. Which immediately tells which you... Which I love. <laughs> there's an intimacy there. I'm, I'm, I'm already pushing us into the recap so i'll save that but yeah it's uh, no yeah let's we'll get into that in a minute. yeah we'll get into it but the but. yeah i just thought it was so methodical again ignoring the stuff that is not controllable like feeling thrown about expectations that's not the episode's fault i thought that there were some things that were like not objectively because it's art but maybe like technique wise you know i was talking to some people that are like in the business and stuff and they were like the directing didn't really feel like robber it didn't really feel like it had the the splash and the you know outside of uh, cantina latina or latina cantina um i think it's cantina latina you know it yes, didn't it really is. feel like it, it had his punch or anything like that and you know debatable um maybe the the flashbacks didn't work for some people i, I can hear these arguments but i just thought it was so effective 
and so soulful. Yeah, in response to the the Robert Rodriguez not feeling like him thing, I want to say that that creature that was Robert Rodriguez. That but is a hundred percent. Yeah, which we'll get into. But I again, I feel like I I appreciate film and movies. Obviously, I don't know if I'm that person that can like pick out like oh, this is this director or whatever. But what I will say is, is I feel like, like you were saying, this is very pointed. This is very intentional. There is a very clear and specific vision here. Mm -hmm. So I think that we will have plenty of time in the future to see the Robert Rodriguez punch, if you will. When it gets violent. because like When it's appropriate. Yeah, because the tragedy takes like, what, 20 minutes to pop off? And then the last like 15 minutes of the tragedy is just like all death. Like, you know, that we'll get there. You know, it's Boba Fett and Fennec. Like, we will get there. And it'll be interesting to see sort of when Bryce comes in and does her episode or when her episode. Dave does. Like, you know, it's so like, who does what? There are little things that you, that, and, and like you're saying, like, to your credit, like, I don't think it's maybe that you don't notice their style because, it, but it's also TV, you know, so you have to keep that in mind too, that they all have to sort of play together. Um, but there are little exactly, things. Exactly, there like, has to be a cohesion there. Right. The example I always go to is Peyton Reed um, with the passenger. That all of the seeing things from Grogu's height is so Ant Man. Like that's when I knew that he directed that one. Is you know, so it's like those things. Like when is the mm, sort of going to come in? And I feel like the cantina and the and the fight in the streets were sort of sort of Roberty, and then of course the creature. So we will we'll get into that stuff. Well, yeah. Before we get into just talking about the general happenings of the episode, I did want to talk about the title a little bit. Just mention that. Mm-hmm. Stranger in a Strange Land. Love it. Which is just interesting. I feel like there's so many. How do you feel about it? I feel like there's so many different. Well, like any good Star Wars title. Kind of, like exactly. Saying, it's, it's like double fold. Hmm. Super layered. It's double, triple if you push <laughs> it. Um, it's the contradictions of, of Boba Fett, right? All yep. I've been thinking about today, and we should note, like, I'm coming in this as somebody that has only liked Boba Fett for a calendar year. You know, you can go back and find tweets and probably audio of me saying I didn't want him in Mandalorian. That What? That, oh, yeah. like I, This is I, new to me. There is, a, there is a tweet of me from Mandalorian season one where I said it was when it was when Fennec was quote unquote killed and we saw the, the spurs. I think I tweeted the only way I want Boba Fett in this show is if Din Djarin shoots him dead. Or we didn't even know Din's name at the time. So I said is if Mando shoots him dead. Okay. Um, and that's all the time we have today. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, I have to go. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> But I have come around so hard on it because of their work in Mando season two, realizing how soulful so character. Many is. people feel that same way, and that yeah. is the magic. That's true of it, the story that they're they're putting out here. It's changed everything, and so you know. With that said, when you get that title, "A Stranger in a Strange Land," it made me think about everything that all the ways that Bobo does feel like he doesn't fit, all the ways he does feel like he is a stranger. Literally, it's in the Tuscan camp. Literally, it's in the criminal landscape. Being a, of being a crime Espa. lord. <laughs> yeah. Because, and, and by the way, Moss Espa, nice specifically that it's Espa because, you know, that means that pod racing is probably only a couple blocks that way. Um, yeah. Which was in our predictions episode. Oh, I'm wearing so. a pod racing shirt, by the way. Nice. I just wanted to say that. I'm wearing a mandatory Creed shirt. I'm I wearing saw. A shirt. You're the best. You're Aww, the best. Buddy. Um, but also, if I may, 
be poetic about this guy that I've only liked for a year for a second. Oh, please, please. Boba Fett is a stranger no matter what he does because he's the clone, but he didn't have the brotherhood of clones. He's the bounty hunter. Exactly. He didn't mm-hmm. have a partner like a lot of the bounty hunters did. Aura, mm-hmm. he, Aura was the closest thing he had. Uh, but then, you know, it wasn't like Forlam and Zuckus. It wasn't like any of these people that were part of, you know, larger groups like a Crimson Dawn, like a, you know, like a Black Sun or anything. He's always, since his father was gone, he's been lacking that. So he's, he's alone wherever he goes. Um, and then in Mandalorian season two, he is a, he's a man of contradictions. He's, I am not a Mandalorian. I didn't swear a creed. I just want my armor. Then he gets the armor and he's like, by the way, my dad, who I'm super proud of and I love and I wish I could be like, he was a Civil War veteran and a Mandalore and here are his credentials and it goes back. And then he's telling Casca, I never said I was a Mandalorian. And if I'm Din, I would have been like, I don't know, you seem pretty proud of your father. Like, it doesn't seem like you know who you are. Um, and he's then, also just so defensive. So defensive. So defensive. And then there's also this aspect of who am I um, really once the once the elements of you know being a bounty hunter are taken away? Because that's the thing is that everyone loved his characterization in season two, but it is a far cry from you know I think I said to you in text like chin touch killing people on site, especially in some of the comics and novels. He's very brutal, um, controversially brutal in some of the comics, you know, like that, that got some heat. Some of the Marvel comics where he, I think he killed a pregnant woman at one point. Like he's done some terrible things canonically. So to take him to this thoughtful place of I'll help you protect your baby and like all that stuff. It was like, what have you been through that made you this way? Really been through a lot is the answer. We're seeing it <laughs> that is it yes. and, and and he doesn't and even then he's the stranger to these tuscans um it just feels like boba fett he's this clone who's also a little mandalorian a little tuscan a little criminal a little all these things and he has to figure out how they make up boba fett because he doesn't know and he's only ever been kind of his father and but not and, really and kind of vicious in a way that he doesn't even seem like he even really wants to be so it, he's just like, he's in a lot of ways, like the least confident person next to his rival Han Solo. These are two insecure human beings um, that are constantly intertwined throughout canon. So it's interesting. Absolutely. So that's what that I was, get from the title. That No, that was beautiful. I don't know if I could have put it better, to be honest with you. But yes, lots of, lots of double, triple, quadruple meaning. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you will. And I maybe really excited too because not that I don't like the naming process for the Mandalorian because I think I thought it was really fun. I I love a, I love a good cohesion there, but stranger in a strange land is way far from like the child, mm-hmm. the marshal. <laughs> you know, like it's definitely more thought provoking, so that's exciting. Mm-hmm. It's way more westerny, pulpy. It just yes. feels like so was- dramatic drama. And that's one of the things I was like, <laughs> my boyfriend was like, Boba Fett's so dramatic. I'm like, yeah, he's a drama queen for sure. And look at the way he gets dressed. For sure. Oh my God. You can't just grab his stuff. He has to stand there. Like On a God that note, let's just start talking about the episode now. <laughs>
it all begins i love how it begins i love um i love how it's just like these kind of like random scenes of the palace mm-hmm. and then it's like this like focusing in on him and he's in the back to tank like i thought that was really really cool um that back to that back to tank words are hard um was very cool i i don't i don't think i've seen anything like quite like that before no they're usually upright and yeah exactly they're only upright yeah so it's tanning beds situation literally yeah (laughs) (laughs) but i i mean i thought that was really really cool um to just the way that it the intro was and like kind of zooming in on him and all of that um and yeah you know jump in right into it kind of his flashbacks him reliving like all of his traumas um seeing camino seeing uh Django's death and then the moment i was waiting for the sarlacc i mean the moment that people have been very spooky for 40 years almost, yeah almost 40 if you you know 2023 It'll be 40 years since Boba went into the pit. And yeah, I thought that the whole buildup to that, I even had it in my mind. Like once we saw Camino and Geonosis, I thought, oh, well, we're going to see the key events. And then I was like, we're going to see the pit. Like it sort of hit me like right before. Where is it? Uh, <laughs> because those establishing shots are so cool because it's like the palace is, you know, we said in our, our hype episode talking about the season, uh, our thoughts on the season coming up, it was like, what are the, party people and strippers and drug dealers and all these people are going to do they're going to be like can we not hang here anymore and it's already changed so much um yeah yeah and also i just want to see like the inside of the palace more you know like there's so much more to it and like even just that zooming in on where yeah that zooming in on where his like tank is you're like oh this is like a cool room like what's going on like Like, knowing that that's where jabba used to be like sort of the size of it all I, I like the way I, I bring it, I go back and I bring it up to talk about the Sarlacc pit because the size of the room is so massive because it was for Jabba the Hutt that it makes Boba feel like he's sort of in over his head. And then it gets real claustrophobic real quick by going to the Sarlacc pit. And it kind of throws you in a cool way. Um, and I know for me, I think maybe, and this is just, it's not a criticism. It's more of a, just being greedy. I would have liked maybe a grosser, a maybe a, a longer sequence like more crawling through some guts like i have a lot i have a lot of questions Go and ahead. they're not negative i have a lot of questions in general that i don't know if we'll ever get answers to fully anatomical questions well kind of because like i really i am super intrigued by i mean a like the inside i i loved how they did it i thought it was really really cool very very like unsettling very scary um i just have a lot of questions about like how long was he down there for? Mm-hmm. Because when I watch it, I get the sense that, I mean, he couldn't have been there that long, right? Before he decided to get out because, like, mm-hmm. he was so kind of conscious and, like, had enough wherewithal to, like, get, I assume it was, like, him taking the Stormtrooper's air, right? Yeah, well, it seemed like he wakes um, up. So maybe at least a, a night's sleep or two. Um, like, it seemed like he sort of jolted up and then saw the Stormtrooper. So I feel like, and also there's that sandstorm that happens at the end of the Jabba's Palace stuff that is still canon. So at least enough time for a sandstorm to come through and for him to get a night's sleep. So let's say a couple days, couple maybe. Days. But so I guess my biggest question is, is like, how long was he in there? Okay, let's say maybe a couple days, right? Um, I, I thought it was interesting that um, 
the way that they did it where it was just like, ah, he just like flamed his way out, which I mean, like, cool, that's fine. Um, I just have a lot of questions about like, and of course they are able to pick and choose what they keep from Canon at this point. Um, and like from old Canon, I guess I mean, you know, cause like old Canon, I think he like the Sarlacc could like form a symbiosis with its victims. So he like talked to, I think like a stormtrooper, but it was like the Sarlacc he was talking to. Mm. And then he tricked it into like hitting his jetpack, and that like caused I think the Sarlacc to throw him up or whatever. It caused a chain of events to get him out. I guess my question is like, kind of what parts of that are kind of, I guess what p- kind of parts of those concepts are being kept about the Sarlacc, you know? And like, of course, oh, like the acid of the Sarlacc, lore. and like, yeah, like I just have a, I just have a lot of qu- like it's, it, and I'm not saying it was like easy for him to get out. That's not what I'm saying. It was just interesting that they chose that. But I think at the end of the day, the way that I view it is that like it's probably largely because they have a lot of story to tell and get through, and they don't want to spend half an episode on him getting out of the Sarlacc pit which I is fair think, but they made it look so cool that I yes it does look really cool <laughs> definitely see like more, more of it yeah it's super cool and I think also that it's you know from the creator standpoint it's like you got three executive producers here that are all original trilogy kids and I would not be surprised if there were competing ideas about like you know because everyone's thought about this for so long some people for their entire lives yeah you know and so it's like to avoid the well, that's not how I thought he would get out. Yeah, I think it was like, let's take a simple, brutal. No, and it makes yeah. perfect sense. That's and it's smart. not just, and what I liked is that it's not just that he's like, let me start a fire in here. It's that he punches through the lining of the stomach into what I guess is the rest of its little torso, like out of its stomach lining into the rest of its body and lights a fire around its organs. So like, that was cool. Like when you, when you give it that, re- I rewatched it for a second. I was like, Oh, so he's hitting everything, but he's still inside the stomach sack. So it's like smart. Um, but then there's the the shot that everybody wanted to see of which the is hand, oh, hand out of so the sand, good. which was I literally have a shirt that looks like that. It was so way. satisfying, and just so on a like you know, Star Wars is, is fantasy. It's, I, I always go on about that. This is rebirth. It is mm-hmm. in a more literal way than a lot of them. You know, like Harry Potter is reborn. Jon Snow is reborn. Aragorn is reborn. This happens a lot. And it's happened many times in Star Wars. This is one that actually was something escaping from a stomach and then punching its way out of a hole. So a little more literal than some of them uh, have been. And it changes his outlook immediately. Um, But not before Jawas get their obligatory. (laughs) Jawas, man. Oh, but I guess, and I mean, I guess we'll get into this more, but I guess also part of my thing was, is like, how long was he down there? Because technically you can digest down there for a really long time and still be alive because Mm -hmm. the like stomach acids keep you alive. So my thing is, is like how much time between, if he was only in there for a couple of days, that's a good span of time between then and when we see him in the Mandalorian. Gives you five whole years. Yes, which I think we'll get into because I agree with your other theory about like the Tuscans and all that. So we'll get, I think we'll get into that a little, a little later, but that's like a really interesting question of like, okay, so there's like years of time here. If he didn't spend years in the Sarlacc stomach. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's really interesting and it, it opens up a lot of potential stories. Um, well, stories within the story, like killing a Spike It's 2 monster, which we'll get to. But the yes. this was also... I thought for, because you know, Boba Fett 
is he's the bedrock of the Mandalorians, like, you know, Mandalorian mercs and cosplayers for years. Like, he's the foundation. And so I thought it was cool that in some ways this was also the last hurrah for the classic costume. Even though it's off of him in, like, two seconds, the gray jumpsuit. It was very cool to see. To see Even just, like, in the Sarlacc to see, like, you're like, oh, look at that, like, high collar and... You know, it was cool to see like the the original mm-hmm. for so a minute there. Tomorrow to be able to wear that for a couple scenes, and then like, then it gets beaten to hell. Just dragged. oh my god, <laughs> this is like uh, this is like thirty eight minutes of just watching Boba Fett get beat up t- like repeatedly. Like it's honestly a little painful, but yeah. So Jawas show up and they rob him, and then like knock him out. He gets picked up by the Tuscans. Um. He gets the crap beat out of him a few more times. <laughs> What's hilarious though is knowing that knowing Cobb Vance's origin from his flashback. It's so like, funny, yeah. Dawas are just like, look, another grown man in the sand. Like, let's go. <laughs> like, let's go mess with again. <laughs> Every time. Oh my god! But I have to say, I loved seeing the massive hanging out all the time. The little yeah. Tuscan doggo. Mm-hmm. And it got some like characterization, and I love when Star Wars is dogs with Din. I love when Star Wars is dogs too. I don't know how often it's dogs, massives, uh, Tor- massives, Corellian hounds, Corellian hounds, um, yeah. Charhound. Oh yeah, oh one day, one day we'll see one. One day we'll see it in live action or animation. Oh. But uh, yeah, so that the the meeting of the Tuscans establishes. Not anything like hard details wise that we need to know, but gives you enough visual distinctiveness to tell you that they're a little different. Darker robes, they're cheaper. They're the goth Tuscans. And honestly, I feel I felt that as a goth Tuscan myself. So <laughs> I really like I love their style. costumes. They're really cool. And I was sitting there and I was just like saying to myself, I was like, the Tuscan Raider cosplayers are, like, living right now. They're like, oh, we can make, uh, like, more outfits. We can make something new. <laughs> and I, I will tell you, uh, shout out to my, my cousin, George, um, member of the 501st. Uh, he's there in Georgia, does a lot of Star Wars cosplay. Uh, one of his is a Tuscan. So big ups to you, my cousin. And um, I look forward to seeing you customize that bad boy. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was just interesting to see again. Once again, I don't know who it is. If it's Favreau, if it's Filoni, if it's you know everyone involved, somebody has been hell bent on making the Tuscans more interesting than they've ever been, and it's working um, across all three of these live action seasons now. The sign language, and then the stuff with Vanth and Din, and now- yeah, I feel like that's coming too. I feel like definitely Boba Fett knows the language for sure, and the fact that they're. This child gets, I mean, it, it's funny, right? Because we just did our predictions episode and we, we you even said you're <laughs> Please like, not a child. I <laughs> like, I don't need a reluctant dad. And then all of a sudden he's with the kid. I was like, Star Wars. Maybe? I no. don't know. Because this child has his people. Yeah, I get this so. more. It, I, I really feel like, like kind of what you're saying. Like, I think it's going to be like a family situation. Mm-hmm. Like he's just but going to become part of the family. Yeah, if anything, time. He's, he's the child, you know? absolutely so it's a nice inverse in that way but yeah it was really cool to see sort of um the desperation to see him so weakened and not in control boba fett not being in control is sort of the a lot of the the magic of the show because especially coming off the tragedy you're like 
this man can do anything, Boba Fett. You're like, like, oh, he's dehydrated. He's covered in like stomach acid. He he literally looks like, (laughs) and I saw Mm -hmm. someone post this. I like, you know me, I don't like to like, I don't want to post anything because I don't want anybody. I also was in shock, but like, I don't ever want someone to be like, oh, you spoiled something for me, but he looks like E.T. I saw someone else post that too. He did. He had like the same skin complexion as E.T. Like when he's like... (laughs) Well, my first thought was like, oh, so now I understand how Echo is supposed to look. Like, I was like, this is... Oh, yeah, yeah, he looked... He was off. He he looked looked, awful. Oh, my God, yeah. He beat down. Um, And still, I mean, you know, he's, like, begging for... I mean, not begging for water, but he's like, I need water. (laughs) Oh, and then when they give it to the Massive, I was like, that's brutal. Um, Oh, but the Massive deserved it. That's that's true. Um shout out to banthas banthas were there love seeing them again but you know before they're fed to a crate dragon five years from now um and then uh yeah he's he's in that encampment and then it's the the nighttime the nighttime version of the camp and this rodian voiced by sam whitworth shows up yes i saw that i just saw that that was voiced by him that's so funny but that yeah i mean like i was real stoked i was like rodian yeah and then i was like man why are you stitching yeah you're a jerk and chill he's like do you want me to cut your bonds like yeah he's literally trying to help you too i love how i love the way he is when he's like trying to speak with people like he's so gruff he's like do you want me to do you want me to cut your bonds i'm gonna cut your bones see uh, you're you're there you go oh, there it is that was the first of the season there the it first is impression of the season but many more to come um yeah and so that whole situation evolves and again it just emphasizes a lot of the helplessness but what i really like about this sequence thematically is that there is yes they beat him down and it's like you know we're you're still a prisoner but the fight that he puts up, I think, is the first thing that sort of gives the clan a little bit of pause. So you could tell they're looking at him. Yes. Especially yeah. when he when he won't back down with just the kid's stick. He's a, a child's gaffy stick. Like like my first gaffy stick from from you know from little tykes or something like that. And he's just like still ready to take them all on. You're I think like, that man, was the, this guy is yeah. just something else. Because <laughs> they're used to just picking on farmers. Yeah. Yes, they. I don't think they've ever seen anything like Boba Fett before. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I thought that that was really powerful, and and it speaks to a lot of the, you know, Star Wars has a lot of like real recognizes real, you know, like warriors. <laughs> yeah, warrior yeah, and I think that's yeah, like they're like, wow, this guy's a fighter, and that's like, a, you know, the slow kind of I feel like change into maybe maybe you could be one of us hmm that we see by the end of the episode is like that all these like little scenarios kind of compounding and and then being like oh maybe this this guy's all right there's one thing we forgot to mention before the transition into the nighttime fight which is that's when the title card hits um so before we with the song yeah before we move to the next section (laughs) will you please lead us in in song talk um, I just want to say that I like it a lot. Um, I've been listening to it like nonstop all day on repeat. Um, it's amazing. Uh, I know Alden, I had some brief discussions about this. It is such an interesting, I mean, as you know, clearly like, I think as we've talked about Ludwig a million times, um, a genius, amazing at combining things you would not expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think what I really enjoyed about the Mando songs is that very Western element almost. This is like 
I mean, it's a bunch of different things. Um, you kind of have like, I guess, would you say like chanting almost kind of? It's definitely a um, a tribal chant type deal. Kind of, yes. I don't want to use the wrong terminology, so thank you. But there's that, which is very cool. But also like that combined with this like medieval, to me, like very like medieval renaissance sounding like mm-hmm. little tune. So cool. And I think, again... Clearly, music is always about telling the story that it is um, set to. So uh, as we've kind of talked about, and I really feel like we're still seeing this too in the show, like the way that they refer to him, they're like, my lord, my lady, like very, you know, kind of almost like feudal, like, mm-hmm. like, yeah, he's a crime lord, but there's there, there's definitely like a, like a renaissance kind of oh, yeah. and I think element that's... there of like kings and queens and castles and exactly and, and it plays with like the tropes of because the, the whole idea going back to like the 80s of making Jabba the Hutt was he's the dragon in the castle if the dragon in the castle was also a gangster but you remove the dragon from the castle and it's just a castle so it's like now we can install a proper person on the throne and so it, it sort of enhances the tropes that they've sort of always been working with and there's a talk of you know we'll get to it in a few scenes but the Jabba used to be carried through the streets and there's talk of noblemen and there's like yep. all these things so it's like it adds flavor to Tatooine it adds flavor to Jabba's palace um I also will say real quick talked about it off air uh, the theme was composed by Ludwig, but Joseph Shirley did the music for the rest of it, and it blends perfectly. Um, seems like he's part of Ludwig's team. He's worked with him on a couple things, including Venom. Shout out to Venom. Um, shout out to Venom. Shout out to all the Venom fans out there. But uh, yeah, I wanted to just address that real quick because I, you know, one of the best parts of Mandalorian is whenever the Mando hits, and so now we have uh, this to get used to, but which it's amazing and I love the timing of it too. It's yeah, it's really it's just, perfect. It's amazing. It's and you know, for people that oh. are Oh go ahead. I was gonna say for people that are listening closely to that theme, I'll just I was say, gonna say okay, you were I was yeah. gonna say what you were gonna say. Oh, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, you go ahead. No, I just go please, please. I was gonna say I didn't know how much I wanted to give away just in case anything happens, but well, I mean, again, you know, this is a spoiler filled thing. This is uh, this is not something that we know about, but it yeah. is something that could be. Mm-hmm. It's just, so if you don't want to hear about it, sure, don't listen for skip ahead 20 seconds. Like 20 seconds, yeah. <laughs> go. go ahead, Tori. You got 20 seconds. Okay. <laughs> um, well, as you're saying, what is it? Is it a minute 49 into the theme? Mm-hmm. Um, there is, and I haven't listened to a side by side, but what I will say is that when I listened to it, I immediately said, that is correct. Um, I'm pretty sure it is exactly, if not just very close, um, to the theme that's played in um, played for Crimson Dawn in Solo. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's in there. We'll see what happens with it's that. It's in there. Who knows if that's a thing or not? But I, it's the the music of Star Wars is so intentional, and I am not massive music person so i can't even begin to fully describe all of it but you know how they love to use and reuse themes and ugh, mm-hmm. just genius so um i've got my eyes peeled oh, i should text savannah about that savannah and i have a kira watch text going on she's like because <laughs> she doesn't want to watch it at, she doesn't want to watch it at 3 a.m but but she's like you have to text me if 
Kira shows up oh, she so wants that to know. I know when I wake up so that she's like, cause I have to know. And then I can like feel better about it kind of thing. So I like texted her this morning. I was like, Kira watched week one. No Kira. No Kira. <laughs> <laughs> no Kira. This is like uh, it's like shout out to Veer's watch. There's also um, Boba and Fennec kissing watch too, which another disappointment. Well, but... we got Fennec approaches him while he's half naked in the bath watch. That was something. But yeah. yeah, she turns away respectfully though, which is so nice. That's true. By the way, shout out to uh, to Savannah of the uh, the Dorky Diva Dorky Diva show, and um, I'm not sure if if Savannah is doing any Boba Fett coverage, but if she is, that's where you'll find it. Um, so, is there anything else that you wanted to say about the about the nighttime kerfuffle with, uh, you know, Fett sort of being knocked down and all that stuff. I mean, I'm a little upset that he punched the dog, but like, I get it. Um, yeah. And like, I, I think that they're going to be best friends by the end of all this. So it's fine. I mean, it's not fine. Don't hit dogs, but you know what I mean? So, yeah. But I mean, after that is when he gets beat up to the point where he wakes up from his, well, really, I don't know if he wakes up on his own. That's when Fennec is like, Hey boss. Mm-hmm. wake on up and then it's him getting out of the back of the tank which is just kind of cool to see all of that like i know it's like not a big not a big deal in star wars really but like it's cool to see like the different i guess like medical options so to speak that exist. Oh, absolutely and, and you know, um, it's also a smart device because you know I, I when more people have seen this i will tweet it because you know gotta share everything i think with the world um that's the world we live in right um but no i wanted to save it for this episode because i thought it was a cool thought is that if you go to the to chapter three of mandalorian the sin just one of my top favorite episodes the line that i always go on about is my armor's lost its integrity i need to begin again and every single time that he visits the armorer is when there are flashbacks to his past as Boba literally puts his body back together and regains his bodily integrity is when all his flashbacks are coming in. Um, so it's like this each time that these guys go for a moment of like reprieve and like calm is when like all the demons come in as they're trying to like be better. And so I thought that that was just an interesting sort of parallel between the two guys um, as the two leads of these two shows. And you know, it's sad that as Boba Fett is like physically getting better, and we'll talk a little bit about is he more in pain than he's letting on, you know, later on in the episode, we'll talk about that. Um, but I thought it was sad that, you know, he's like, he can't have any peace, you know, like even as you're getting better, you're still. No, like it's so sad. Yeah. yeah. And him being like, which <laughs> I don't think she, I, you know, I don't, I don't think that she, doesn't care but like he kind of like wakes up and he's like the dreams are back and she's just kind of like well here's what you have for today and it's just (laughs) funny because it's like you know they care about each other but they're both so like Mm -hmm. emotionally unavailable yeah they don't know how to like they're just yeah they don't know how to do like she's just like nice to know that she's at least heard about the dreams once before yeah yeah so i think like she does like empathize she does understand what's happening yeah but they both are just like not they don't do feelings at mm-hmm. least not yet you know and so it's just like yep <laughs> yeah loved that and then as we we talked about up top with him being dramatic uh justin Tor- toy's boyfriend justin was talking about the drama 
this is peak drama standing there and getting oh my god him getting him getting dressed by like like droids in the the battle of helm's deep (laughs) like it's so cool Um, you know what you've got the resources yeah yeah all these droids are sitting here like we used to put lotion on a slug so now that he's gone I was going to say, compared to the people that were in charge before, I'm sure they freaking love him. This is a lot better for everyone. This is so easy. Yeah, like whatever. uh, 8D8 is there and voiced by, uh, um, oh my God, I just blanked out his name, voiced by Matt Barry, um, who's been in tons of stuff. I love that that miserable little droid. Yeah. Um, So he's woken up and it's time for everybody to. It's time for him to hold court. The whole court and get tributes, which is such a gangster thing to do. And obviously, like, talked about on the predictions episode and star wars has always homaged every classic film this is fine it's finally time to do the mob movie and this is when that really kicks off like tributes he was it was it was one notch down from kiss my ring on the day of my daughter's wedding like that's how close we were to full godfather he's sitting on a throne and so it's like a medieval meets meets gangster um it's so good yeah there's the there's the the aqualish is the first one that comes the aqualish dawn yes and they don't understand they don't understand him and he's like we need a protocol droid um i think it's way funnier to just guess what people are saying and have that miserable droid run into everything but you know i agree Um, i agree i don't think the protocol droid is setting anything up but i did think for a hot minute like is there anybody in canon that i i would like to see like work for Boba Fett, and the only person I could think of was AP5. If he's out there somewhere, singing his heart out. Um, but yeah, that was a great moment. And then you could talk about this next guy. We got the the Trandoshan. I honestly loved. I loved this part <laughs> because it almost read to me like my like just like my brain went to like almost like a. And and we talked a little bit about this. Like it's this it's this dry situational like humor. Like it's not like anyone's actually trying to be funny, but like for some reason my mind immediately went to what we do in the shadows. The way that he says where he's like, Oh, this is awkward. I used to work for him. Like it was just mm-hmm. so funny the way that he said it. Say, um, like, imagine it's just how she's it like, Imagine him. how awkward it is for him. <laughs> like yeah but so yeah i can't remember we should have looked up his name but um and he says may what does he say may you never leave uh oh, he's Espa. Docs, um, yes yes and he's like may you never leave mas Espa. and he's like even when they say a compliment it sounds like a threat <laughs> it's true and, and like it's I, very true like i said i don't know if i said this on air or off air but i think it was off air you're upset because there was a Wookiee pelt involved. I I'm understand. Upset. Like I know canonically that they've been at war and like Trandoshans and Wookiees hate each other. It's a whole blood race feud. I get that. But man, I was just so sad to see some poor Wookiee got skinned. And he walks in like, here's this. He's like, I got you a nice, nice throw rug. <laughs> <laughs> this is my tribute. I just, I just killed this guy Tuesday. Here he is. Um, so depressing but you know what it's a hard life out there for gangsters um no and then we have the the major domo mm -hmm. of the mayor of mas espa who may be my favorite character i don't know (laughs) the way (laughs) he's just so funny like i don't actually like him because you know he's such a sleazeball but like he's just so 
funny like that like sickly sweet like almost you know what it is it's like that bless your heart like southern mm. like the way that he talks oh he's trash <laughs> like, like he's like he says you it. should expect like expect another delegation soon <laughs> like, yeah like oh my gosh what does but that mean does I, that mean an attack i like, think that so was funny. yeah i think that was one of my favorite quotes which we were debating what the boba quote of the week was gonna be but i really enjoyed the whole dialogue of him being like well we need to discuss tribute and Boba was like i'm confused yeah <laughs> i'm confused and fennec's like no he wants you to pay him uh and i just love i love that she's like the pricklier one i love that she's the one that's like it's time i'm ready to kill this guy let's do it and Boba's was like ah, we really shouldn't we really shouldn't let's not i also love probably my favorite fennec moment um was her saying your gift is that you get to leave yeah right? yeah this says you get to leave here unmolested our gift yes. to you yeah and it's like oof, man like that is uh you take your life head back to your boss and count yourself lucky like she's literally so, yeah <laughs> so so perfect as that enforcer role um and such a cool, calm, collected way. And I don't know if Fennec will have an arc this season. You know, maybe a smaller character arc of some kind. But because we know she has this heart, but it's almost it'll be interesting to see how they balance each other out. Like, will it be like sort of Game of Thronesy? Like he takes one of her ideas and it does work, or he takes one of her ideas and it doesn't work, and that causes tension between them. Like it'll be interesting to see sort of what they do. Yeah, I feel like they are butting heads a little bit. I don't think it's, like, anything bad, and I don't know if I think that they'll, like, turn against each other or anything, but I definitely feel like there's going to be an argument or something. For sure, because, you know, they have very different philosophies on, you know, about fear versus respect. and Yeah, and, I mean, he almost seems like, and I'm not, again, like, it's a hard balance to strike, right? Like, you're new here. You're trying to be a crime lord. Um, you also clearly want to like protect yourself and all of that, but he definitely, to me, I'm like, oh, you're being a little risky here, you know, bringing back the Gamorreans that like were really loyal to Bib Fortuna, you know, like he's definitely, I think, taking risks that she's like not okay with. Yeah, and it's because again, you he's know? trying to be, and again, we go back to this, like, how did these flashbacks? That's that's a thing, like, not again, not to complain so much about other voices but you hear you heard that a lot in reaction to this episode of so slow so much flashback what did that mean well the flashback is what gets you from boba fett the guy that even darth vader had to tell to chill to this boba fett who's like (laughs) i don't torture like that that sort of i won't torture not even these gamorians who work for java i'm not going to torture them and even 88 and fennec are both like uh, like wait you gotta be like kind of a you know kind of scary to you know get the point across or whatever but he's you know what he's gonna try it his way and we'll see if it works out (laughs) fingers crossed buddy (laughs) is there anything that you sort of that you sort of took from you know as a boba fett fan i always you know i'm always interested in your perspective because this is something that we've never seen you know what was it like for you to see him sort of uh in that kingly role even for a for a first time i love it I love it. Honestly, I think it's really precious. <laughs> like, because, and you know, and we'll, we're going to get into this like literally right now, like him going to like the sanctuary and all that. Like, you can, you can kind of tell people are like, all right, you're in charge. Sure. Like, I think a lot of people are like, all right, we'll see how this goes. 
Um, I think it's, I don't think he's like in over his head or anything. Like I'm sure he can do it, but I don't know. I think ultimately I kind of feel like this ends with him not on the throne anymore. Like by choice almost. Like I feel like there's this growth that's happening and it's going to need to happen. And I almost feel like that growth will ultimately lead to him saying, you know, maybe I don't want to be a crime lord. I don't know. I mean, I guess we can kind of get into this now without saying too much, you know, if you want to elaborate on like the whole Tuscan family theory. (laughs) But let's say, you know, he is spending years at a time with these people and maybe something does happen is his turn to be crime lord is that maybe a revenge thing yeah is it is it maybe is it is it is it it motivated by something that happened to him that he feels he needs to seek out right because in in mando season two i mean it's not about him it's about din and grogu so i'm not it's not a criticism of those episodes that boba's goals are not explained but it's like he leaves and you know, I would I would pay good money to see a a special episode of just him picking up Fennec and Fennec being and just like, her being like, yeah, Luke Skywalker showed up, showed up and he's like, who? Wait, what did you say? The who? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that'd be funny, but yeah, in those episodes, they don't establish that he has these aspirations, and then obviously it's the big tease of him on the throne. But not that I ever had a problem with like Boba Fett moving up in lifestyle, but I think no. it's so compelling going all the way back to the loss of his father that it's the it's the lack of peace and the breaking of family is what makes him say the only way to solve this is to take control of the planet you know if i if, or at least the region you know if i can rule with respect and that's where that's where respect over fear comes from because he wants to make sure that it's not just a bloodthirsty you know wasteland of people being killed and that's that's the importance you know later on of what he sees um, before sand monster but we will get there but yeah, to answer your question, it's really cool seeing him. Again, I am such a sucker. It, it reads, I know you say mob movie a lot, and I know it's both. I've not really ever super been into like gangster movies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I do love a good um, medieval or Renaissance set story. And so it is cool seeing him like hold court and like have to do all these like diplomatic things like it's very very cool it's very 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 neat and i hope that it continues yeah i, I want to see more the, of it i would love to see the you know using the phrase court i mean it's 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 what it is it's what disney plus described it as in the episode description it's what it says on wikipedia holding court i would love to see that expanded to the point where maybe there is a protocol droid maybe there is you know uh you know, uh, a new role, someone handling. Well, and maybe, yeah. And I mean, you know, like part of the, I guess the fun and interest of like, you know, period pieces and stuff like that is like court was like a whole thing and it was people that live there most of the time. And, you know, like, is he going to grow to have people close to him that just like live in the palace all the time? Like, who knows? Like, how yeah. cool would that be? You know what I think? I think he's going to need some music in that palace. Which brings us to the sanctuary <laughs> when they go to meet Garcia. Well, technically, Whip, but the, more the walk there first. Oh, um... uh, but okay. But anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. You're right. And that's where your favorite line, right, from the episode, yeah, comes up. Yeah. So my my nomination for, I guess we both have one. You know, it's the Tory pick and the Alden pick. Um, the Tory pick was 
I'm confused. Uh, and then, <laughs> then the Alden pick was, uh, do I have the exit? I think I still have it pulled up here. I'm not being carried around the streets like a useless noble. Um, which is the shot where you can see the Boston Dynamics practical. <laughs> which was right. a little horrifying. A little I <laughs> Even in this universe, they're terrifying. Um, so, yeah, I just thought that that was a, again, playing into fantasy, but also... It's small details like that that retroactively make Jabba even worse, which is funny. Um, that because he's like, but Jabba's probably like what two thousand pounds, and he has to be carried around like <laughs> by Gamorreans, like on a thing, just because he doesn't want to slug. He doesn't want to. I don't know how slug. Well, Bib did it too. What yeah. Do you call it? yeah. I mean, I feel like it's more of a it's a power thing, right? Oh, totally. It's a hundred percent just because he can. Yeah, um, exactly. But you know, Boba says, uh, you know, he's his whole point is that you know, Fennec is saying it's a sign of power, which again, she's not opposed to that. And you know, she's explaining to him like what they're used to seeing, but Boba doesn't really, he's not caring what they accept. You know, he's not caring what is, is the standard. And he's saying that there's a, um, I am the standard now. Right. And he's, he's a man of his own two feet. And she says, things would go a lot easier if you accepted their ways, which he throws back at her, which I thought was, a very funny and charming moment. Um, so yeah, I thought that that was a fun little transition scene. And uh, the volume, just on a technical level, just continues to impress. It looks so good. Masespa feels big. It feels really big. Way bigger it's than... It's so like, cool, Navarro yeah. I love the I love the look, too. Like, it's such a neat-looking place. Um, but yeah. But so then, can I can I now go into the sanctuary? Do I have your permission, Alden? Just kidding. Wow. No, okay. of course. No, we're gonna. Yeah. <laughs> so let me go into the sanctuary, and I just want to say before we actually get into the part, like the actual part of the sanctuary. Um. Yeah. Max Rebo's in there. So is um one of the modal nodes, and I am furious. <laughs> Where is size noodles? <laughs> When, okay, That's so, my biggest complaint for this episode is I was like, where is she? So this is 18 minutes into the episode. So I, you know, I think I started it, you know, let's say it's 3.30 in the morning. It's 3.30 in the morning. And when I saw Max, my reaction was pure, unadulterated, euphoric joy, quickly taken over by dread because I thought, oh no, <laughs> Tori's going to be so upset because on our season prediction episode... You were like, oh, size noodles, size noodles. And I was like, Max. And you were like, no one cares about Max. <laughs> I hate everything so much. And then he showed up. I mean, and listen, there's still a chance for her to show up, right? No, of course, of course. They're going to form a super group because this new Bith, I don't know if he's a new Bith or he's like from the Middle Nodes, but he's got like this classical guitar. This is Nikki's new favorite Star Wars character, he said today. Um, <laughs> classical guitar Bith. <laughs> and, uh, oh, I, and that song was amazing. Yes, uh, and the whole cantina, that whole atmosphere of that cantina was awesome. Like, definitely, you know, I, I we're seeing such a different side of Tatooine. You know, mm-hmm. like what we've seen is you know, kind of the seedier cantina, not like super upscale. This was like gorgeous, like almost like some. I'm trying to think of what vibes I would ascribe it to, like. Honestly, kind of um, 
like Galactic Star Cruisery or Canto Bidey in a way. It's so funny. We both went to Disney. I, in my mind, I was like, I don't know, kind of reminded me of, like the Grand Floridian a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like honestly, yeah, it's just like <laughs> like it was pretty upscale. Like I love the decor. I was like looking at everything. I can't wait to like stop and like zoom in on everything and see all yeah. the different little pieces and stuff. But it was gorgeous, and yeah, love seeing the palm trees and stuff like that. Like that was that's so new. And a Rex droid. Uh, yes, there in the center. <gasps> with a, like a different coat of paint than they normally have yes it's pretty cool i also love uh i have it playing on mute while we're talking i love the little nod that boba fett gives when he walks in like i could dig this like he's almost like, he's like this seems like a cool place this bad. is cool i hope they go back i would love for them to have to get dressed up for something these two people that are just like I've killed for a living and i wear the same outfit every day i would love for them to have to get dressed up for whatever reason Maybe this place is it, baby. Boba Fett. More like Boba Fashion. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Uh, That's what I'm saying. I would love it too, especially um, given the the type of people that hang out there. Like you said, like it's not like it's a nice place and the people are still kind of shady. Like, no, they seem friendly. Like, I didn't I didn't find I mean, I'm sure Garza Foy probably has criminal ties. I mean, obviously. Oh, I really, I'm sure we'll see more of her. Yeah, she seemed, I mean, yeah, Jennifer Beals, um, you know, who's who's been around for years and, and is a fan favorite actress. People were very excited to see Jennifer Beals show up um, from Flashdance and a number of other things. The, the whole energy with her was very interesting. Obviously, you know, an, a, a beautiful Twilight in Star Wars. It's, it's not a first, but to see one sort of in this criminal position um, was sort of a fresh criminal power position. And not like a dancer or anything like that was was neat. Yes, I agree. I love seeing more Twi'leks, more, more, more. Um, yeah, and she was cool. She seemed a little like sarcastic and snarky too, which I liked. Like kind of just like, again, one of those people that looks at Boba and is like, okay, yeah, you're in charge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure thing. So yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed that. It was kind of, honestly kind of awkward where he like approached her and was like, hey, like, you know, I'm just here to say like, you know, your your establishment will continue to prosper under my reign. And she's like, all right. <laughs> yeah, she's sort of like, that was never in doubt for me, buddy. But like, okay. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm sure she's happy to not work with Java, but. Or Bib, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah or Bib. But it's these. Again, it's this ongoing theme that I think starts with the palace and the emptiness of the palace and the emptiness of the room of, is this too big for Boba Fett's skill set and for who he is at this point? Because he's not at 100%, uh, clearly. You know, the, the, tra- the tragedy makes it seem like, yeah, I've been back at 100, baby, I got my armor back. But like this episode's like, no, it's not really the case. You know, he's still struggling. Um and it's been a rough five years and he's still in the process of healing but also mentally and it's like Jabba the Hutt was a very old being who came up in crime Boba doesn't have like outside of his own missions he doesn't have leadership experience you know like it's it's a different world Um, and Fennec too so everyone you know that's giving him sort of like that sure reaction that sort of like okay uh they probably think like this guy's gonna be dead in a week you know, yeah like that. honestly um, he so doesn't I really have like the experience 
I, I love scenes in Star Wars does this very well. Dryden's yacht is a great example. Love um, a good party scene or cantina yes. scene. Just so good. A scene that is like full of so much like surface joy, but is so dangerous, like underneath. It's something that I always enjoy in Star Wars, sort of those contradictions. I agree. I agree. So yeah, so they do that. He gets a helmet full of money, which is fun. Um, loved that. <laughs> what is what is it Fennec says? She says something like, yours is heavier than mine, or yours is more gold than mine, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go outside, and then they promptly get attacked by, I mean, I guess you're right. We don't actually know specifically who. I assumed it was the mayor sending his regards. Yeah, it ties in sort of with that line of the delegation. I must. The delegation's gonna show up. I'm gonna assume red herring just because I, you know. Maybe no, you're not wrong. But could be straightforward. Um, I I loved this action sequence. I mean, it's it's the main one that we've been seeing. It gave me crazy eyes, Boba swinging that, and it's not even an axe. It's sort of like a. It's it's like it's it's very similar, I think, to like um, Enfys Nest's weapon. Yeah, it's a little bit like a um, like a yeah. vibro staff thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's swinging it and he's swinging it like he would the gaffy stick, so that's cool. Yep. Straight savagery. Um, they put up a good fight. They had them outnumbered. Then the Gamorians. Um, I like that the Gamorians did quickly. You know, he quickly showed it was something to give him confidence as a leader, right? Because he took a chance on uh, sparing the Gamorians. And it actually worked. And I think it's important in one of these stories to do a couple decisions that work before everything goes to hell. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. I agree. That is a great way of putting that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I like that a lot. I like that they stepped in. But here's the thing that got me, okay? Well, actually, two things got me. So I loved that when Fennec went to chase the guys on the roof, (laughs) Boba had to be like, Fennec. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, alive. Oh, that was a great <laughs> That was like my favorite thing. It was like, I love that he has to tell her like, hey, don't kill these people. Um, but really, honestly, like broke my heart. They, them having to, the Gamorreans having to like drag him back to the back to tank. So yeah. that was, that leads into the questions I had before about the Sarlacc pit of like, what are the effects of this? Right? right. And like, we're seeing him with the Tuscans. How long is he with the Tuscans? When does he start having these issues? Is this like a newer thing? Like what? Like, I just have so many questions about how this all works, which I know is like, no, but it, they're valid questions this is so because, thorough. Um, well, I mean, even in Mando season two, it, it obviously he was the pilot of slave one. So it's like, there's your story, your plot reason, but you know, your, your deeper reason, like, is that why he didn't get involved with, you know, the rescue? Like, is that why, is, is well, he yeah, in worse cause... shape than you think? Because it could have been a different, you know, it could have been Casca piloting or something like. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, my, my take on like what happened, and I mean, I've watched it several times at this point. Like, I mean, it kind of seems like he can't do like super physical stuff for too long. Because he didn't take any, any shots in the fight that were like, get me back to the pod now it seemed like he was like i'm already going just like ex- like exasperated yeah just like i need to get back yeah like i don't think anything happened i mean there was a part where he kind of like grabbed the staff and maybe mm. but i don't know like yeah i don't know the the vibe that i got was like i mean clearly i mean it seems like he's in the back to pod the back to pod like regularly right like yeah. is he just like having a constantly 
is the Bactopod like his um, arc reactor? Yeah, is that the yeah? Is it like a, is it like him pushing okay off the effects of this? Time, yeah, but you're always going to need this. That's yeah, so sad. that that would be sad. Um, and and that really puts an air of dread over the show. You know, like I I don't want the book of Boba Fett to be the last ride of Boba Fett. Like that would be extremely um no that would be bad. devastating please and don't do this Tori, Tori <laughs> will have to to take a vacation um, <laughs> when, yes <laughs> but i i think yeah maybe is it like a you need to learn to live with this or you trying to do all this at once is not giving you the proper time to heal you need to choose yourself instead of choosing you know this life um you need to retire you need to hook up your suit with some back to i don't know what it's going to be <laughs> But it was it was interesting and it created, I thought, um, a good amount of drama for for the character. Because again, he's been unstoppable for forty years in canon and legends. So to see him like this, it's like seeing your parent like trip and fall. You know, like it's yeah, bad. like it's it's <laughs> rough and it's yeah. I, I again, I'm sure we'll get more background on this, but I just like my immediate thing is I'm like, oh, is he hurting? Is he okay? <laughs> but so with that um i can't is this when is this when we get the rest of fennec's chase or is that after yeah we get the rest of it yeah Mm -hmm. it is we get the rest of fennec's chasing Uh, him on the roof super cool oh my god when he shoots that shot at the person on the roof you're like oh man he got that guy and then the smoke clears and you're like oh my god he blew off an entire section of the wall (laughs) That entire wall, the guy, was everything. Amazing. Um, I loved that. I will say that Ming Na Wen is so good at small moments, and the reason why I just wanted to touch on the rest of her chase before we moved on, yeah, is because Fennec has to make a split decision when she has two of them, and she looks at one, she looks at the other, and then kicks one off the roof, and. It's a quick moment, whatever. It's funny. And then she captures this one alive because really you only need to interrogate one. Correct. Um, and also it it's a cool way to show the one that she does capture. Like, look at how easily I just killed your boy. Like, be afraid of me. So easily, yeah. But it's also, I think, and maybe it's because I recently rewatched The Dark Knight, um, Fennec looks at the two of them and in my, in my head canon, I think that she was able to assess who would be the squealer. Absolutely. I think that because Joker always, Joker says in that movie, he's like the, you can always tell, you know, the the squealers. And it made me think that Fennec was probably like, he's going to break. Like, <laughs> this will be the one that we capture instead of kill. yes absolutely like, she can totally play. tell what, how, what what people are like absolutely so very I, I perceptive because again she's not the main character of the show but she gets second billing and they do such a great job with her um which they've been good at you know because yeah you had din and grogu as a pair and now we have these two as a pair and i feel like they already have given her a lot in an episode where she really is not in it much um she gets a lot of great moments. This is true. All right. So back to the back to tank and to the past baby. <laughs> back to the past. It's even kind of like a visual grain. Yes. It's really cool. I really like, yeah, the, yeah, it like kind of transitions you into it. Mm-hmm. So we're back. We're back with the Tuscan Raiders and the Rodian and the Tuscan child is like, you're coming with me. 
and they witness, which I feel like has to tie in at some point, whether it's biker chick or whatever, we witness a some sort of like kind of biker gang like beating up these people in their house and I think like taking their water. I don't really know specifically what's going on there. But then they like tag the house. Um and then it's like, well, now it's time for you to dig for water for me. And they're like little pods. They look like the pods from the Mandalorian, but I thought I remembered something different with those pods. Maybe there's multiple kinds of pods that all look similar. I think that, yeah. And I, well, I had that thought, maybe it's different ones, but I also had the thought of, um, were they doing something to them in, in that could be true. Yeah. Like, Cause I thought it wasn't, it was like, kind of like a, like a black, like smoky, whatever. Right. Yes, that exactly. like came in the Mandalorian and this is like, just like water vessel. Yeah. For, yeah. For whenever Cobb has to drink it and it's disgusting and all that. So there was that, I had that thought too. Um, I like the scene. I like the stuff with the gang. You know, we'll get to that more in predictions. I did not recognize their brand. I'm going to assume that it's maybe like the last of Jabba's boys before Bib takes over or or maybe Bib quickly took over, whatever that situation is, or a whole different gangster altogether. Who knows? But clearly they represent somebody. So that was cool. And I I thought that the, the digging scene, um, this is where they give it to the, to the massive... This episode, much like much like the Child, Chapter Two of Mandalorian, and much like the Jedi, Chapter Thirteen, is so intentionally quiet. There's long periods of no talking, which I guess is fitting for a Boba Fett show. Yeah, uh, and this Part is one the of those course. sections. Yeah, it's one of those sections where I was like, it's just like I, again, like, it, it frustrates some fans, but like this is the kind of stuff that I like. I know that you like. Where I was like, wow, how bold. Like, you're starting off the show, and it's like, here's a water digging scene. At the end of the <laughs> yep, <episode."> yep. <laughs> like, because like, it, it matters. You and here's him just being mad, and he's like, I, I need water, and like having that whole dialogue. Yeah, so I like that a lot. It, it does a lot for the for the Tuscans. It does a lot for his desperation. Um, and they're searching for these these little water gourds and all that. Um, but he continues to dig. Um, and then the Rodian digs up something that is not a water pod, something that is mm-hmm. known only to us at this point, unless there is something that I've not seen um, as a sand creature that is an absolute unit. <laughs> Which, to be honest, like let's just call it like it is. The Rodian deserved this because he was. Oh my a jerk. God, that's so mean. He was a jerk twice he was, he was a, jerk. a jerk but he i think also and, like and got boba beat up and then and then boba still says hey man what the hell why did you call them the other night could have got us out of here let's try to make it to anchorhead i can get us out of here and then he just yells at him in rodeo it's like a but i think okay so like yes i agree with being a jerk but at the same time i think that it's like a self-preservation thing because like if you're being held captive like and you don't really trust this random guy who clearly has been through it you're like uh do like this guy's gonna ruin it for the both of us you know yeah yeah maybe like it maybe projecting. it just seemed too risky but anyways i mean you know R.I.P. Dear friend, because <laughs> yeah, he he dug so Rodian far that he no that he ended up in Spy Kids. <laughs> he ended up. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, 
like I said, that monster is like straight from the was it the island of lost dreams yeah 100%. and now i have the song in my head please someone put that over the <laughs> that would be fantastic yeah, the, song. the alexa vega where she sings at the end <laughs> yes yeah oh that'd be hysterical. oh my gosh i yes. don't remember the words but i remember the scene of her singing at the end of the movie but anyways all i did was like look up and i was like do you think <laughs> Like do you think God stays up there because he's afraid of what he's created down here? Yeah, I um, I could not help but, and we talked about this via text. The, because again, I have I have no issues with the giant spiders and Mandalorian, the 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 mud the mud horn. I love our creatures, it's but fun. this one immediately had a special something because like this is robert rodriguez yes because robert rodriguez and the team for this one and i would love to ask like hal hickle and the, and the vfx guys at ilm he had just enough like delay on his motions to, to motions simulate stop cool. motion that it was like oh so old school so harry housen you think you brought um, up power rangers too which i super agree power, power rangers, rangers. <sighs> it was just a nice effect and um, i don't know i don't know enough about the technical side to use the right terminology but to compare it to like the way that miles morales moves in spider-verse like they decreased the frame rate of his movements yeah to make him look a little more stilted and i thought that that was um superb um i wanted to ask you though when they first see when you first see the claw, do you think it was a rancor? Because I did for a hot second. Yeah, yeah, for I like did. a second I thought yeah. that, but then also I was like the color, mm, I don't know. Yeah, and then he like pops up and you're like, whoa, double arms. And at first he's like upright, but then when he gets into centaur position, then he I gets like, like, this thing is wild. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to know more about it. Honestly, I feel like it's one of those we're gonna have to wait till like um so like a pa- visual dictionary so or something Hidalgo. comes out because i think technically we don't even have a species for frog lady yet um like a name That's true. And so you know waiting on all those fun things the mandalorian visual dictionary was canceled um Correct. because of they, they said be, pablo was saying because of expanding stories and stuff so Hopefully, at some point, they do like a seasons one, two, and Boba. Thing. I need it. I love those visual dictionaries. I tell you what, I love them. They're great. But yeah, so um, that was really a fun creature. I liked it a lot. And then Boba, of course, um, kills it in cool fashion, chokes it in out. In cool fashion. Yep, chokes it out, just like Leia chokes Jabba out. Great parallel. Um, great parallel there. Um, very good. And I want to shout out uh, Joseph Scrimshaw from the Force Center podcast because they had already gotten their discussion out. Um, and the thought is too good and I want to share it, but I want to credit it properly. So Joseph said that the, the his read of like Tuscans and the reason why this is such a cool moment is that because Tuscans are such a brutal culture, it's a culture, but it's a brutal one, is that they have this sort of like that his read on them is like, if you can't get out of your bonds, if you're, if you're captured, you deserve to be captured. And so when Boba Fett shows up holding the chain as a weapon and having saved one of their kids, but being like, check this out, that, that is like the, the ultimate expression of like, not only did I free myself, but I did. But I'm also here, that. hi. I'm here. You guys probably couldn't do it etc etc like it's such a powerful 
cold. Yeah, it is a power. Thing. It's a power move for sure. Um, so I thought that that was really really cool, and uh, I definitely improved my my viewing of it. Um, I loved the fight, and and I loved the the fact that when he comes back, it's just that. Awkwardly, he was standing there. Yeah, it's like a celebratory. He was standing there with like a little smile on his face. He's just like, "Hey." Yeah, but he again, he's not used to, he's not used to any companionship really, let alone people he doesn't understand. Correct. And then he gets the water. Yep. And then the chief. And that is the end of the episode. Indeed, I I loved the moment. I thought it was really cool. Thought it was really classy. And um, the chieftain. I saw the yak face Twitter account was saying like, "We need a chieftain figure immediately." I agree. Thought the chieftain was super cool. The um, Tuscan Raider. Yeah. yeah. They all look really cool. Yeah, I really like their design. Such a good episode. I think we're off to a great start. I'm really excited to see where this goes. I am overjoyed. I'm feeling great. I honestly, my biggest complaint is that I have to wait a week. I don't know how I'm gonna do it. I'm kind of sad about it, honestly. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, did you have any other last thoughts, Alden? Um, no, I, I really enjoyed the episode. I thought that again, like, you know, going through the events with you and sort of talking about what they mean, what we think of it, what we think the characters are thinking, like, these are the kinds of discussions that I like to have. Like, to recap it is one thing, but to like really think about like what what does it mean for this guy? Like, there's so much in this episode that just made me think, like, more so than any Star Wars in a while. This is about a human being. You know, like this is it's yeah, this it's, is it's just about this guy. Probably the most sense I don't know, solo or or maybe like early episodes of Mandalorian. Like it, it's just the 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 soul of this person. What does it mean? What is he going through? And I didn't if you had told me going into the show it's going to be more than half flashback for the first episode. I would have been like, really? Like, I thought it was just going to be Sarlacc pit and then let's get going. Like, you know, let's, let's get the A story going. But they really are treating both the present and past like they're both A stories. Um, and I appreciated yeah. that, you know, that both narratives are, are important. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I, I kind of almost have slightly like Witcher vibes with this, like how everything I'm sure is going to come to a head at like a really interesting and crucial point. And it's going to be really cool um, to kind of see how that all connects. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about it. It feels very balanced. Um, I'm definitely like, give me more crime, Lord Boba. Like, I just want to see him navigate this. Um, but I realize the other half is also important. So I'm good with it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to the dinner scene. Looking forward to all of that. Um, and again, just getting more into more into this guy's head. Like I, I had, I had confidence that this show would be. You know, we dressed it up front, like the the all killer no filler. Like when Rodriguez says that, and we both had faith. But when when he said that, a lot of people thought, oh, this show better not just be action, you know. And when Rodriguez, Rodriguez is a rocker, you know, when he says that. He he's speaking like '90s film language. Like he's being <laughs> cool. He's got his guitar on set. Like you got to think about what he. I love. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, like what he means to him. This is killer. You know, getting to know the soul of the guy. Like that's the western. That's the revisionist western. That's El Mariachi, and that's you know, I, I Unforgiven. Um, lots of these Logan. You know, to pick like a modern example, like why is this guy broken and it was all there 
um, in some really cool ways. So um, I, I'm just so excited to see how it goes. I thought it was a visual treat. Um, you know, we, we gave our, our individual Boba lines of the week. Um, do you have a, a favorite moment from the entire thing? Oh, pick mm. a favorite moment too. It's hard to pick a favorite moment, honestly, but you know, I guess, I mean, yeah, I think it honestly, my favorite moment moments is him kind of like holding that court. I think those are my favorite moments, but I also, there was a moment where when he's digging for the water pods where he like is being assertive and is like, no, I'm going to have some water. And the kid is like, excuse me. And it's like, he has a moment there where, cause he'd already taken a sip of water and he's holding it. And he has a moment there where he could fight back, but he doesn't for whatever reason. And I find that very interesting. Yeah, I mean... Like, I, he just, like, lets the kid take it back, you know? I think that, again, he's... It connects thematically to will help you with Grogu. You know? Yep. Like, he he does not want a kid to feel like he felt. Yep. He doesn't want their families to be broken up, but even aside from that, even in those small instances... It's like he knows what it's like to feel like an abused child, you know, to have your childhood upended by some other grownups, um, whether that's a Jedi, whether that's the bounty hunters that he was thrown in with. So it's a very interesting, um, a very interesting dichotomy between the, the brutality of Boba Fett. But again, that, this is what's softening him. It's this Tuscan clan, it's this stuff. And um, yeah, I think that it'll have super implications and yeah big things going forward for sure lots of growth lots of character development i'm ready i'm here for it okay predictions um see i feel like everything has shifted now because i mean not that this was entirely unexpected the way that this is going yeah but i do think it is a lot different than what i expected um i kind of thought i was like yeah it makes sense that like maybe the tuscans would rescue him quote unquote i definitely don't think i expected like this and for it to be like a whole big section of his story um so i mean i'm sure we'll see more into the backstory of that relationship um i keep thinking about there is like a scene that we keep seeing in the trailers and footage that they've released that is um him in his as people i love it people call it his pajamas um his white suit (laughs) (laughs) um he um it's him like blasting through some who knows where maybe he gets to anchorhead i know some people think it's anchorhead um but so i kind of feel like that ties in with the tuscan raider story obviously because of what he's wearing um so i guess we could see that uh as far as the other half of our story goes with like present day crime lord boba um i mean clearly they have a prisoner and so that'll be interesting i'm still where's moochie you know that's like a big thing for me where's moochie first of all yeah every week that i don't get moochie is a week where's moochie a devastating week thank you um hopefully she's in the basement taking a bulldog nap um but yeah i to address the present day storyline i for sure think that mock shays i think they're gonna roll up with their prisoner and be like hey what's this and so that'll be an interesting conversation. But then the the big thing, you know, the thing that I was texting you about and talking about is that for a year now, since Mando season two, the questions have been, why now? 
why didn't you approach Cobb Vanth if you knew where he was? Could you not find your armor? That's a lame sort of story reason. Yeah, I have and such I, a, yeah, there's got to be a bigger reason. What's that. going on? And I think that, again, in the tradition of some of these Westerns things, I think that he will truly, because again, it's a, it is a rebirth out of the sand. I think he will truly find family with these Tuscans. I think that his black robes and gaffy stick are either earned or perhaps taken from a fallen tribesman like a, a comrade of his a brother a new brother or something like that i think that this will be his actual life for a while and i think that you know yeah i agree with that statement such an identity crisis that maybe he's like you know what screw it i'm not boba fett i'm gonna be one of them and then at some point it'll be something the, sad happens something really sad and then he's gonna be like all right i'm gonna go hit up that marshal and get my stuff back because people are about to die and then along the way, it'll be something like, wait, is that a body? And then it'll be Fennec Shand. I can't wait for that. I feel like now at this point, the way that it's set up, we have to see her, him save her at some point. And I'm really excited yeah. about that. And that um, has become so much better seeing him saved by this tribe because it adds, it's not just a, you know, I said it earlier with like Star Wars and Warriors, like real recognize real. It's not a, not a game recognizes game like, oh, it's Fennec Shan. I know who that is. Like, let me save her. It's could be that. I'm sure he's familiar with her work. Um, but it's that line of fate sometimes steps in. The Tuscans are fate. And he can be that too. Correct. And so it's a giving it back. You know, is that I got a second chance. Now you'll get a second chance too. Um it, it adds so many layers to this character that, you know, that's why I think that, and this is a much bigger conversation and we're not going to have it here just because it's late. We're both tired. Um, but I feel like so much of the, of criticism becomes like a, that was slow, but it's like, no, no, no. Like think about where you last saw him. Think about what you know about him. Think about what he said then and what he's doing now, how things fit <laughs> together. Like that's what, Star Wars is able to do now with these shows is that things fit like when Kenobi comes out, it's going to change the way we feel about New Hope. And that's why it's so awesome. Yeah, the context yeah. is ever changing. It's so fun. Yeah. yeah. And so now it's like rewatching the tragedy. It's like, oh my goodness. Like it means so much more. Yeah. Like he definitely just went through something before he showed up. So mm-hmm. something to we're going to find more. out what it at, is at the end of the Marshall when he's looking over the hill. And that's the first time we saw him in years, you know, in, in new canon. The first time we see Boba Fett, like, wow, he took the hood off. It's Boba Fett. It's Tomorrow Morrison. Like, that's a broken <gasps> What a moment. Man. So, yeah, so I think that, you know, I don't know if it'll be all five years, but I do think that this will be a, an extended a, stay. And a chunk of his life, yeah, for sure. Maybe that anchor head Tashi Station stuff is like, go prove yourself. Or maybe those are the people that messed with his family. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not sure what, how it all shakes out, but I think he's going to have to beat up somebody mm-hmm. for his gonna, family. Someone's getting smacked around. Um, Absolutely. I hope nothing happens to Tuscan Kid and Doggo, but it's very possible. <sighs> Me too. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's all I had to say. I mean, again, this is how long a conversation we had just about the first one, uh, about the one where allegedly <laughs> Can't <nothing> wait. <laughs> allegedly nothing happened. <laughs> Can't wait for next week. I'm so excited. Um, yeah. 
All right. Well, thank you to all of our friends who joined us for this lengthy discussion. <laughs> Sorry, we got a lot to say here about Boba Fett. But Alden, where can everyone find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter talking about this show and many other things uh, at nauseum. And that's at that Alden Diaz. Uh, I'm also on Instagram, same handle, at that Alden Diaz. You can find me on this feed, Octo Radio proper, with uh, all the interview shows. A rewatch between worlds will be coming back very soon. Um, and then, of course, more Boba Fett reviews here on Mandatory and Creed, as well as anything Yay! else we can get our hands on, because it's, you know, there's still Higher Republic coming around the way, novel, new other things. So much, like, yeah. We are completely inundated with stuff. So that'll be exciting. Uh, one and Done Film Club is coming back. It's a, it's a slow pace on One and Done right now, just because our lives are crazy. But we have our episode on Aliens coming out. Um, it might be out at the time yes. of this. Actually, on Alien. Alien. Um, also the good. alien franchise um but yeah so check us out all over um shout out as always to charlie ashby of the imperial senate podcast for our graphics yes always um, the best graphics nothing but the, the best, best from charlie and they've been retooled and updated and they look gorgeous and I'm really excited about them so um hit them up for all your graphics needs and uh yeah thank you for having me friend Oh my gosh, thank you for being here. I'm really glad that you're cool with doing doing this with me. <laughs> of course. Who else would I want to do it with? It's a fair point. Well, you can find me at The Mandatorian on Instagram and Twitter. That's The Mandalorian, but with a T instead of the L. Of course, check out the Octo Radio podcast feed, all the fun things that Alden was talking about. That is also where you'll find this show, which you're clearly already listening to the show, but you know. <laughs> But yeah, um, my shop is kind of still on a break. I think I'm actually going to take another month-long break because I actually didn't really relax that much this past month. Too excited about Book of Boba Fett. What are you going to do? Um, but yeah, we will see you next week with another episode focusing on episode two of The Book of Boba Fett. But until then, drink some water, don't trust the government, and always ask yourself, what would size noodles do? Bye. I've heard your voice thousands of times. Mine might be the last one you hear.